This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about this show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. It's The Undercard. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. Shall we play a game? How about global thermonuclear war? Welcome to the undercard. We have to start off the show with that tribute to the war games because we cannot start off the show without not talking about the biggest event in uh, the world that happened this past week where Hawaii had a ballistic missile scare. You can't convince me it wasn't some kid that was playing a game with a fake missile heading towards the U.S. I I know what actually happened. Oh, you know, yeah, spill it. I, I can't. Ah. National security, man. All right. Give me till the eight o'clock hour to get it out of him. Well, yeah. So Jimmy probably knows more about, but yeah. So that Asian guy didn't get fired, though. He didn't get fired. He just got transferred so that he can't do that again by accident. Yeah. So no, no panic. Just people running in the streets and sending out love to. Uh, once, but uh, immediately you think war games. Somebody gets into something that they're not supposed to. It's a probably fake not missile. the first thing you think of. That's but... what I thought of. I thought of war games. Well, after you found out that it wasn't true, you think war games. But during the actual <laughs> like, uh... during the actual thing, you're not thinking it's war huh. games. You're thinking Where's Matthew Broderick. You're thinking, God damn it, that Kim Jong Un actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's what you're thinking. Is that? Yep, it's happening. <laughs> how, how will our flag look with forty nine stars? Oh, well, no, I mean, well, it depends on which it depends on which island they hit. I mean, the island. The state of Hawaii is a oh, chain of that. islands, so we could lose one of them and I, still I, have Hawaii. I, I know that. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. Uh, but no, it, it's, it just shows you how delicate. We talked about it last week, the world we live in right now. And uh, scary moments, you know. The, yeah. the whole world's on edge. and Well, you know, and I mean, you know, if that had happened, let's say, five years ago, Everybody would be like, what? what? No, this has got to be a mistake, you know? But because of what's going on right now with the great orange one and the Oompa Loompa, you just never know that actually this might be happening, you know? Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm texting Cody right now. He's on his way in. Cody's oh, okay. got a big announcement. Big oh, he does. Coming. Oh, yeah. good. Cool. I mean, everybody knows it already, but we'll let Cody have his, <laughs> have his moment. Um. Oh, hold on. Is my mic on? It doesn't seem like it's on. Yeah, it's on. You sure? Okay. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. All right. Just it's it's hard to hear sometimes because if I don't, because you know, you're old. What? <laughs> 
right. No, so it's just it. Sometimes if I don't hear the the feedback from the mic, it's hard to tell if you like right. hearing yourself, right. don't you? Uh, no, I like to know that I'm first? actually on the air. No, could we? I want Cody to be here for it. Cody's leaving the gym right now. Is there a way that we could push our first guest back to like eight? I can ask him. Yeah, tell him that Cody Stamen, UFC fighter. Would like to be part of the interview too. Is there a way that we can push him back to eight and we'll continue on with our Hawaii uh, talk here? But um, you were in the military, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Uh, speaking of war games, mm-hmm. DEFCON, is that real? Like DEFCON one, two, yeah. three, four. Yeah, five. absolutely. It's real. Um, but they don't announce what it is. They say terrorist threat. Like, we're probably at DEFCON four. No, those right are now. two different things. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. But they don't announce what we're at. Would you say we're at DEFCON four? Uh, Just because of what's going on with North Korea. Five is World War three. You got a guy testing missiles saying he can hit. I'd say we're actually probably at three. Okay. I'd say we're probably still at three because they're. Yeah, he's testing missiles. Yeah, he's doing all that kind of stuff like that. But he doesn't. Here's the thing: even if Kim Jong Un launched a missile, it would never reach the United States. And not because the uh, rocket itself might not have enough power to get here, but we have so so many things in place that would prevent a ballistic missile from getting over here. The only way a missile would land is if they fired a multitude of missiles, which is why it was such a threat with Russia. It wasn't that they were going to fire a missile that was. It was that they were going to fire thousands of nuclear missiles at us, and you can't stop that many. If Kim Jong-un fired a missile, even maybe up to, like, let's say, 10 missiles, if he fired 10 missiles at us, none of them would actually reach land because we would stop them, blow them up in the atmosphere before they actually got to uh got to land so okay it's not it's not an actual credible threat very interesting you should say that because cnn.com reputable source uh i got a timeline for you on saturday january 13th okay what our good president was doing when this was happening golfing he was yeah 9 26 a.m trump arrives at his trump international golf club in west palm beach florida 12.35, 12.35, CNN cameras spot Trump between the 14th and 15th holes. 107 uh, Eastern Time, warnings of an incoming ballistic missile begin flashing on cell phones in Hawaii, leading to panic among some residents and visitors. The alert was triggered after an error at the Emergency Management Administration. 110, Hawaii State Adjunct. Yeah, adjutant. Yeah, okay. There you go. Man, uh, Major General Joe Logan confirms the U.S. Pacific Command there is no missile headed for Hawaii, and the Honolulu Police Department is notified it was a false alarm. About one ten p.m., Trump has lunch inside the clubhouse of Trump International Golf Club. Members inside the building spot, building spot him. Time unknown, Deputy National Security Advisor Ricky Waddle, who was the top national security official traveling with Trump in Florida, briefs Trump in person on the false alarm alerts. That's way after it happened, by the mm-hmm. way. 1.13 p.m., the White House tells reporters in West Palm Beach uh, that Trump has spent the morning playing golf. 1.13 p.m., Hawaii State Warning Point issues a cancellation of the civil danger warning message, thereby preventing the initial alert from being rebroadcast to phones that may not have received it yet. For, in- for instance, if a phone was not on at 1.07 p.m. Eastern Time, if someone was out of range and has since come into self-coverage, hikers and mariners, for example, or get people getting off planes. So they, they canceled it for those people. 1.20 p.m., 
The Hawaii Emergency Management Agency tweets and posts to Facebook there is no missile threat to Hawaii. 123, a White House official says they are aware of the alerts and clarification, but can't say whether Trump has been briefed on them yet. 124 p.m., officials from Hawaii, including Representative Tulsi Gabbard, tweet out that the alert was a false alarm. Hawaii Governor David Ng retweets Hawaii Emergency Management Agency cancellation notice. 130, Ng posts cancellation notification to the Facebook page. 138, Trump departs his golf course. 139, a White House spokesman refers to the Pentagon for a comment on the false alarm alert. So the White House says, hey, contact the Pentagon about it. 145, Hawaii's Emergency Management Agency issues false alarm message broadcast over radio and TV. 149, Trump arrives back at Malargo. Time unknown, Trump speaks with National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster and White House Chief of Staff John Kelly by secure phone line from Malargo. Neither McMaster nor Kelly was traveling in Florida with Trump. Trump asked McMaster's to oversee federal response to the situation. 2.34 p.m., the White House releases a statement that says Trump messed with met with U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lakes or something and received an in-depth update on trade with China and their economy. 244, the White House releases a statement saying Trump has been briefed on the state of Hawaii's uh, emergency management exercise. This was purely a state exercise. That's what they said, which later they say they went back and said, clarified, it was not a state-controlled exercise. It was not a practice run or an otherwise. What I'm getting at here is they had no idea what was going on in the White House. And as president, you should. And because it would probably be his call well, to, to retaliate. Well, if something here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. He was golfing. Again. He, well, he, he, he was golfing. Golf okay. Re- regardless, here's the thing. If there was an actual missile launch, it, that's a completely different thing because there are several, several chains of command that would. Uh, that if there was a missile launch, it would get to the president very, very quickly that there was a actual missile launch. Now, uh, because it was a mistake and because there was no actual missile launch, everything kind of filtered through back channels and not through the main channel that would happen if there was an actual credible, you know, an actual missile launch that was headed towards Hawaii or, or whatever. So the response isn't because it wasn't a real thing. I'm not I mean, I'm not really upset that the response took so long because it wasn't real. It was a mistake. The state of Hawaii, you know, had to deal with it on their own because it was their mistake. So I'm not I'm not upset that he wasn't briefed right off the bat because there was nothing actually to it. You know what I'm saying? So if it it would be completely different if there was an actual missile launch. If there was a missile launch and it was a credible, like, you know, uh, we know for a fact that a missile was launched, within five minutes, Trump would know that a missile was launched. Within the five minutes of him knowing that the missile was launched, there would already be the safeguards in place. They already will have shot it out of the sky. And then... He will be, and then he, even if he says retaliate, the missile's already gone. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, we we have so many safeguards in place; it's incredible. People don't under, don't even realize it would never reach again. 
it, we would have the only way that it would reach land is we would have to be so overwhelmed that the safeguards that we have in place could not keep up with the amount of missiles that were being launched at us. That's why the Cold War was so scary. It's not that that Russia had a missile that they were going to shoot at us. It was going to be thousands of missiles. We'll, we'll even say hundreds of missiles, which we could not. We could not stop all those missiles, but firing one, two, three, four, five. No, those are gone before they even hit landfall. All right. So you, you, you can put me at ease to sleep tonight that there's not some high school kid right now with the government trying to figure out how to get this computer <laughs> program to play checkers and realize or tic-tac-toe and realize that you can't win the game and no. that they're not firing. Fake. Well, it, OK, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, though. Not from North Korea. Right. It, 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 the, a missile could be launched from some of the other countries that have hundreds of nuclear weapons, but North Korea is not one of them. Right. So if it were going to have, and that's just the thing, that's the thing too, is if it had, if they were launched from a country that had, you know, enough missiles that would hit us, we would know that it was done by somebody hacking the thing because those are, pretty much our allies yeah and they would not fire on us you know just out of the blue you know what i'm saying so it wouldn't come from any of our enemies it would come from one of our allies if a kid was trying to break into <laughs> you know backdoor it into you know uh the whopper and uh trying to play global ther- global thermal nuclear war with joshua with joshua and joshua <laughs> and joshua thinks that you know that it's a good time to uh, practice on on actual missiles, you know. Nice. He's he's got the launch codes. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, got exactly. All the launch codes. Here's here's the thing though, and this is the scary part, right? I like War Games the movie. Yeah, I love War Games the movie, but here's the scary part. So the processing power of that computer that was in War Games, right? Probably a phone now, right? <coughs> Less than a phone. The computers that would, if Whopper were to exist in today's day and age with the computers and the technology and the processing power or whatever, the however many long, like I'm trying to think like how long it took uh, Joshua to try to get the launch codes, right? It took a while, like several hours for him to go through all the different numbers and try to find or whatever. Yeah. It would happen like that. Yeah. Now, he would have the launch codes in a matter of moments, mm-hmm. and it, and if he wanted to launch, they would launch. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You've been on a film set before. I've been on a film yeah. set before. Uh, so that that scene where um, it starts playing out all the scenarios of uh, thermal nuclear, yeah. the game in which you know, like no one wins, no one wins, right. uh, and it's it's <laughs> got the launch codes already, and it's trying to figure out that no one wins, right? Um, I don't know how many days they shot that scene, but you're you're watching their reactions at the computer, and all it is is flash, 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 yeah. flash, flash, flash. Yeah, I, I just I, to this day I, I imagine like you know just how intense it had to probably be filming that because you can tell they're using real flash. I mean, it's not CGI; like they're they're projecting the light on them. Yeah, they're boom, using boom, boom, a strobe boom, light. Right. Yeah, they're using and, a strobe I mean, light. Yeah, a strobe light after a while is annoying. You figured that might have been shot over two, three days. No. 
No, that scene was shot in maybe in a couple hours. You, you just so? use you just use multi cameras. You shoot it one time over the course of about a couple hours, and then you just use the different camera angles and just edit it to make it look like it's happening at different points in time. Who directed that? Was that Richard Donner? Oh, I think so. I got to look it up. Because uh, if it's here. Kubrick, Kubrick, that would have definitely been. Oh three God! Days. If if that Kubrick was Kubrick, been fourteen days. I would say if that was Kubrick, they'd still be filming that scene. <laughs> well, he's he's dead, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? Uh, hold on here. And Richard Donner did uh, Griblins, right? Griblins. Uh, hold on, hold on. I'm I, trying to find it. I am DB me. I'm trying to find it. I am. Would DB-me. you like to play a game? Uh, it was. Uh, John Batum. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what else did he do? Uh, let me find out. John Batum. Why did I think Richard Donner? English-born army brat. <laughs> he, oh, uh, here we go. Uh, well, let me, let me go, let me go back. Uh, so here's some of the things that you might, uh, know, uh, that he directed. Uh, let me go up here. Uh, he directed, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Oh boy. Uh, he directed War Games. He directed Short Circuit. He directed <laughs> Stakeout, Bird on a Wire, Point of No Return, uh, Brothers Keeper, a bunch of TV shows, TV shows, TV shows, TV shows. Shit, War Games Psych. was a Citizen Kane. Psych. Constantine, Twelve Monkeys, Arrow. Oh, yeah, you did Twelve a, Monkeys? Uh, no, the, the TV show. Oh, the TV show that actually filmed in Monkeys. Detroit. Yeah. Um, actually, I'd say, uh, I'd say War his War Games uh, is probably his best film. No, actually, I'd say Short Circuit is number five. Is Alive? Yeah, that's a great movie. What's wrong with you people? It is a great movie. Once again, uh, about uh, a and machine. Saturday Night Fever. I mean. Hey, hey, yo, hey, you yeah. know? Maybe he was typecast <laughs> as a director because Short Circuit's about a, a machine coming to life, too. Joshua kind of kind of is alive. He learns. Hey. He, no, he learns. He learns. Well, he learns because he there's no winners. Right. Well, he learns because that's how they developed him, but he wasn't alive. He was just an, an intelligent computer, a self-learning computer. Yeah. You know, which which we actually have. It's called Watson. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, if you stick around in a second, we're going to be breaking down Clarissa Shields fight here in a few seconds. And then uh, Mark Taffet uh, brought up something that was pretty interesting. Mark Taffet uh, is uh, part of uh, Team Shields. He mentioned that pound for pound that Clarissa Shields should be ranked uh, amongst the men. We're going to quickly debate that around the room about why I think that's a bad idea and, and go from there. Also, uh, the UFC, we're going to talk about Paige Van Zandt. Uh, huge respect for Paige Van Zandt. She broke her arm in the first round <laughs> and, and made it uh, to the decision. And they showed the x-ray. Uh, and that fracture is not clean. Just having a son that had a, a clean fracture where it was going to line up. If you, if you look at Paige Van Zandt's x-ray. I'm, I'm trying to find. Uh... They, they, uh, that's got to be surgery because it's not lined up correctly. But. Uh, so we'll talk about that also. But, yeah, we had to start off with the Hawaii Ooh, story. Yeah. That's yeah. She broke it in the first round. And yeah. she's so calm. She tells her corner, uh, hey, I broke my arm in the first round. And she continued on. And, you know, didn't get the W, but good heart. I mean, damn. 
Hey, mad respect for him. Yeah. Mad. Wow. Yeah. Because that didn't feel good. No. That on a scale of one that to is, ten was uh that is that a that and that's a, I mean I can see uh um not fragments, but uh, it's not you know, going to line clean, up right. Yeah, yeah. When it clean, it's it wasn't a a, a a a clean break. It was a a pulled break, which is going to be. Ooh, yeah, they're going to have to definitely do surgery on that one. What do you think the recovery time on that is? In their MMA too. Oh, uh, I'd say in a week they're going to put her. They're going to do the surgery. Yeah, let the she'll be in go. a cast for about another four weeks. Then after the cast, they'll have her on a soft cast uh, for about another four weeks, and then slowly she'll be able to start, you know, PT or whatever. PT will probably be about another three, four months, and then she'll actually be able to start training, training again. Did you watch UFC this past week? <clears throat> I did not. Okay, well, I, I didn't either, but I caught the the highlights. And, well, and that's pretty much what I did. Um, I wasn't I wasn't able to watch it, but I did watch the highlights and all that kind of stuff. There was a great moment. Uh, Matt Hughes, who was injured in the, uh, he was his car was hit by a train, wasn't it? Matt Hughes. Uh, so Matt Hughes walked out to the UFC crowd after recovering about a year. It was like I think it was in April of 2017, actually walked out. Um, him and Dana White have stayed good friends. I guess uh, Dana White has said that he's even had Hughes over during the holidays. Mm-hmm. And Hughes, clearly with a limp and has some more recovery time, was able to get there and get a hero's ovation. So that's mm-hmm. good to see Matt Hughes recovering from uh, – I believe it was a train that hit his car, but so I'm trying to I'm trying to find. Uh... But that was good to see. That was a good moment. Um, and then St. Louis had a a pretty decent crowd. Uh, I, I've been following kind of what Dana White has been saying about cities, seeing when Detroit will get another uh, fight. Our good buddy here, Cody, who's going to be here in a second, he's fighting in Las Vegas again, which is absolutely awesome. You can't mm-hmm. get a better. Better place, and he feels comfortable fighting there. We'll let him break down that fight. But uh, hold on, I'm trying to find the. Uh, I think a train uh, hit his car. Well, it's uh, so this was published uh, July 25th of last year. Uh, it says uh, Hughes out of coma, uh, and that was on the 25th. Da, da, da. The UFC Hall of Famer drove his vehicle over train tracks and was struck on the passenger side. By a train. By a train, yep. Yep, Uh, Hughes was hospitalized last month after his pickup pickup truck collided with a moving train in Raymond, Illinois, near his Hillsboro home. Yep. Wow. So, damn. Yeah. Good good for him to Good for him to yeah. recover and I mean you can you can clearly see that when he's walking that there's still maybe a little bit of recovery or, or maybe a hip injury or a leg injury, but to be alive after a train Oh that's hit, I mean poof. Yeah, he's I mean, yeah, to even recover at all is a miracle, whether, you know I'd be able to walk or whatever. I mean <laughs> <laughs> you versus a train, train's going to win every time. That's what, no matter what you're in. That's what the billboard said uh, back, I don't know, they used to have them like five years ago. There used to be a billboard that a train will win every time. Yeah. It's true. Train will win every time. I mean, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what you're in, the train will win every time. Even if it's another train, 
both trains technically win. <laughs> I mean, you know, it just depends on the type of train, how fast you're going, which train might have a little bit more of an edge. But train versus train, train versus pedestrian, train versus car, train versus tank, <laughs> train will always win. Uh, some other gossip that came from the UFC events this week, even though the UFC has not put out press releases on it, um, asked during uh, the, his press conference, Dana White chuckled. It looks like the UFC is in September 15th going to Moscow, Russia. So it will be their first event in Moscow. Clearly with the uh, the bear, they got uh, somebody that's marketable there and, and people are like, what about the bear versus Connor? Um, mm-hmm. But it looks like Connor, we talked about it last week, is going to get stripped of his belts because yeah. they're, they're saying that the earliest timetable for Connor McGregor to fight is in uh, September and it looks like Dana White's not going to wait that long. Yeah, uh, He has a pretty good matchup right now with two people. So, you know, um, we'll, we'll go and see what happens. Um, but, uh, I don't know if we want to play the game. We used to play the game. What were the odds that Floyd would fight Conor McGregor? What do you think the odds of Conor McGregor coming back? Because I don't think they're that high. Coming back at all or coming back soon? Ooh, coming back in the next two years. Coming back in the next two years, I put it at 10 to 1 odds. Okay. Coming back soon, like 100 to 1. I, don't I mean, know. not at like not at all. I could see maybe if they throw enough money at him, him coming back within the next year ish. Um, but they would have to throw a lot of money at him. Well, he wants ownership, and I don't think they would ever give some ownership I, stake. But maybe uh, some people own stock. Uh, uh, if it were if it was just up to Dana, absolutely not. But now that Dana's not technically the boss anymore, I could see them giving him a stake. I could he, see that as part the of the boss, but not the boss. Well, yeah. He's the face. He he's not the, the boss. Face. We'll always be the face. We'll always be the face. Even, <laughs> even as even when they're we're long gone, uh, people wonder what Dana White thinks about the sport and stuff. Also, uh, gossiping is the talk of Zufa obviously getting into boxing. Yeah. Um. There are supposed to be a couple meetings Dana White alluded to about having Zufa boxing mm-hmm. in January and February. But he did say something I felt was very important, and this was my huge concern. He said to the press that it would be boxers versus boxers. Right, yes. Not MMA versus right. boxers. Yep. And thank God because yeah. I thought it was just going to be – a mess. Another circus show? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could see cyborg fighting, you know, female boxers. You I, could see. Okay. I will home. agree. I was going to say, I would agree with uh, an MMA fighter fighting a boxer, you know, a UFC MMA fighter fighting a boxer only if they were once a boxer and then made the transition over MMA. If they were originally a boxer and then became an MMA fighter and wanted to box again, I could I could say okay now they wouldn't have they wouldn't be able to like fight for a title or any like main events or anything like that but like as an undercard you know if they want to try to do it I I would I would think that'd be okay you know what I'm saying Yes I do know what you're saying yeah. I I just you know as much as the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather thing was talked about for a year by us I just don't want that becoming the norm you know, right? Well, uh, I'm just saying, like there, there are 
boxers that became MMA fighters. Oh, yeah. That if they wanted to, like, let's say they were tired of doing MMA, but they still wanted to be a part of the Zufa family, they could then fight for Zufa as a boxer. But there would have to be a stipulation that if you go over to fight as a boxer, you can't fight as an MMA fighter for X amount of time. You either have to choose one or the other. You can't do both. All right. We're going to go to our first break. When we come back, uh, we're still waiting for Cody to get here. We do have a guest lined up for our 8 o'clock hour uh, who's fighting an uh, MMA event for, is it New Fight League or New League Fight in Ohio? Also, uh, yes. Yes. Just yes. To <laughs> also, both. yes. IFL? No, 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 no. Or is no. it NF? They have the coolest venue ever, oh, by I the way. Have to look it up again. No, no, I'm, I'm not shitting you. They, I saw a picture of it. I'm going just because of their venue. Think about going because of the venue, not the fights. I'll show you a photo of it. Okay. And just, show me a photo right, of it. Right. Yeah. And you'll probably be coming with me. You'll okay. Be like, okay, I'm going. <laughs> uh, uh, and then uh, when we come up on uh, the backside, we're going to finish up with some pop culture. I want to ask, uh, is it now time to forgive Tanya Harding <laughs> for the Nancy Kerrigan stuff? <sighs> because, like, it, it's it, it's all over, I, Tanya, and stuff like that. But it is a good question. Is is there ever a time to forgive something? I do want to talk about that. Okay. And then uh, a shit ton of Marvel movies are coming out. I wanted yes. to run through it with Jimmy really quick. Yes. Marvel announced their year. Yes. Starts off with Black Panther, yes. Deadpool 2, <laughs> Ant-Man versus Wasp. Um, and no, then, not Ant-Man versus Wasp. Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, okay. Because they are, they are on the same side. On the same side, yes. My bad. I'm a DC guy over here. Come on, man. My bad. My Come bad. on. You saw Wasp in the original movie. I did. I, I liked Ant-Man. Yeah, let's go to the break. Bye. You're listening to the Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the Undercard. We have our uh, other host. He has just arrived, but I cannot do it justice as MMA Mania mm-hmm. did. So let's start off by saying that rising UFC bantamweight prospect Cody Stamen <laughs> will look to continue his winning ways when he locks horns with veteran Brian Caraway at UFC 222. March 3rd, live on pay-per-view from inside the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Caraway, who's 33, hasn't competed inside the octagon since uh, May of 2016. The six-year UFC vet will be looking to capture his first Three-fight win streak under the UFC rule when he takes on Stamen in his return. If Caraway can defeat the young Bantamweight and prove he's capable of staying healthy, the UFC finally might give him the divisional push he always seemed to elude. But Stamen, at 28 years old, has produced a 2-0 and divisional record since his Octagon debut last July. He's coming off a split decision win uh, at UFC 216. The Michigan native is one of the better wrestling talents in the division and will try to prove just that – uh, that against a dangerous gra- grappler. Another victory for Stamen should immediately launch him into the division's top 15, if not top 10. Congratulations, Cody, Woo-hoo! man. Thank you. That's huge. Turn on his mic. He hey, deserves the mic on, dude. He's on pay-per-view. Come well, on. I don't ever know which one he's there going you on. There you go. There you go. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. My life. You are, you are live <laughs> via satellite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this all sprung up really, really fast. Actually, uh, Tuesday before the show, that afternoon I got a phone call and it was basically like, "Hey, do you want to fight Brian Caraway in April?" I'm like, "Well, fuck, I don't want to wait till April, but I will." So, uh, like I told you guys, I was like, "Yeah, you know, if I get the fight I'm looking for, you know, I will be in the top ten soon." And then the next day, like, "Do you want to fight on March 3rd? And I was like, "Well, yeah." 
and literally before I even signed a contract or anything, it was already online. They'd already been announced. So I think this was something that, you know, was in the works. I know he's coming off an injury. So I think he just, he just realized that he could fight, you know, within six weeks or, or eight weeks is basically what we have to prepare. I mean, this is a guy that I've like been looking at like for, I don't know, eight months, uh, thinking like this is the guy to get me in the top 10 like i know i can beat this guy i've trained with him i i know exactly what he does like i know that you know he's he's the guy i can beat of all the guys in the division the fact that you know a couple fights have fallen through the last few months and then his fight fell through in december and then i ended up getting this fight i don't know it just seems like everything's kind of falling into place exactly the way i wanted it to uh like i say thoughts become things i guess and Brian's a guy that you, know, you talked about it a little bit last week. A lot of people have wanted to fight him, but due to injury or just the way his schedule has worked out, haven't been lucky enough to get the opportunity. Here you have a great opportunity because people consider him a legit grappler, a legit top 10, even though that he doesn't have, um, uh, you know, like the consistent streak of fighting a lot. He is a legit contender. And then here you're given the opportunity. It, it must seem like Christmas. It is. Uh, so, like, like my, like my last fight, I was fighting a guy that was uh, the number one prospect in the world, and everyone thought he was the next champ. He only had one UFC fight, same as me. So, you know, fighting him, I felt like it was, like, you know, a win-win because I'm fighting a guy that only has one fight experience in the UFC and a guy that has all that hype. So I know that if I beat him, then, you know, I'm the next guy in line. And I did that. Now I'm fighting a guy you know, that's in the top 10, but isn't very consistent. Um, that kind of specializes in areas that I'm really, really good at. And, uh, you know, I'm going to go out and be the shit out of Brian Carraway here in a few <laughs> weeks. Dude, I'm so excited for that, dude. Uh, we'll be at the Arnold, but I will find a place to watch it. Eventually you'll fight when I can actually <laughs> right. go to it and, and celebrate. And, yeah, oh yeah. Um, but I'm happy it's in Las Vegas for you. It's a place that you fought, obviously, so it's Familiar the comfortability. It, yeah. uh, the UFC Performance Institute you seem to like. You'll probably be there the week before. Um, Dana White made some comments. Uh, some people didn't make weight this past weekend and, and talked about the UFC Performance Institute really helping people with that. Talk about how that works. So if Brian Caraway is to also use it, um, do they do they keep opponents away from each other? How 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 does that work? Because uh, it's one institute, but you, you they've had an altercation, obviously, with Cyborg and like how how oh, does that sure. work? I'm not surprised there's altercations there. There's a lot of guys from a lot of different teams in the same place at the same time, but it's basically it's just a scheduling thing. So basically, you you call and you schedule an appointment when you want to go, and uh, obviously, if your opponent scheduling an appointment at the same time, you're gonna have to bump things around and you know they're pretty cautious as to like you know if you're there and your opponent's coming it's okay you know let's wrap it shit up get out of here kind of thing but uh those guys are so helpful um you know i've learned a lot just from going there i feel like i did a lot of things right before i went to the institute but i feel like they tweaked a few things and they've made the weight cuts a lot easier you know 35 is not an easy weight cut for me and you know it's definitely an awesome resource to have so i enjoy fighting in vegas now, do you uh, – and I'm just saying this for the casual fans because people are probably curious. But, like, tell us about how you, how you even check in as a fighter. Do you do you guys have an ID card like a gym or something like that? Or, or is it just like what, – what, I know there's a front desk or, or something like that. But how, how, do, how do you check in the locker rooms, everything about that? People want to know about it. They know, they know who you are. You, when you go there, you're probably on a list. You know what I mean? They probably have a list. I just walk in there and I say my name and – 
there's really no, they're like, okay, uh, you're fighting this weekend. You know, they already know. I'm, I mean, these guys, I be, I'd like to believe that, that the people that, uh, that work at the Institute are probably real familiar with everyone that's in the game. You know, being at their job, they probably, you know, have to know who's fighting and who's going to be there. So, I mean, you just go there and you tell them, like, I need to see a therapist. I need to see this person. I need to see that person. And, you know, they just kind of, they take care of the rest. They have, like, a awesome locker room. I mean, everything you can imagine. Uh, cryotherapy, red light therapy, uh, underwater, uh, treadmill what's red light therapy that it's, one I'm it's not... like a it's like a it's like a red light tanning bed it's supposed to like stimulate your muscles yeah i'm not exactly i don't i'm not really like well versed on what it what exactly it does but you're I see, supposed to use see guys it after you work out right yeah i see guys in there all the time i like the cold bath that's my thing i like uh i like in, i like going from the hot tub to the cold bath and then back and forth a few times it just seems to loosen everything up it just it just right get your tissues recovering faster Something to do with like risen, like red, like it does something. I'm just gonna ask the guy that's fit in the room. And no, I'm expecting. No, I look. I look. I just, no, I know. I know. Yeah, I'm just telling you why I'm directing it at Cody. It looks no, like I know. That's what it. But he said he wasn't sure what it was uh, supposed yeah, to no, do. Yeah. And, yeah, I've heard of people doing it, but I don't know that. It's like crowd therapy. It's one of those weird things. I feel like crowd therapy is just like a. It's a, it's a, it's a fucking ice bath. It's an expensive ice bath. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just. Go pour the water in your tub as cold as you can make it and sit in there for five minutes. And you just did cryotherapy. Yep. And they're like, oh, it's, oh, it's so much different on your nerves. Uh, you know, I'm like, no, it's, it's making your skin cold. It does the exact same thing. You can't science me out of this. Like this, it's the exact same thing. Uh, let's talk cafeteria. Is there, is there a smoothie bar? They have like a smoothie bar. They have like a, like a little snack bar and they'll make you like a smoothie or you can get some, you know, they have a bunch of different stuff for guys that are cutting weight that you can eat, like hard boiled eggs, uh, like a different kind of like almond butter, like salt free stuff. And then there's also a cafeteria where they'll make you like some pretty, really pretty, uh, pretty good meals. Uh, unfortunately, I've never been able to enjoy that because I'm always eating hard boiled eggs that week. That's pretty much all I eat five days before my fight. And then like two or three hard boiled eggs a day. That's it. And, and then that's all you eat for the day? Yeah. Oh, my God. And then we got to ring the bell here really quick. Oh, boy. Uh, you're on the pay-per-view side of it, which is freaking brilliant. Am I really? I, I believe you are. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, like the I, I thought you were ringing wait, the bell wait, wait, for hold you. On, hold on. I, I'm almost positive you are. I don't want to say then, shit, you're going to make me feel bad. But you, this would be your oh, first media workout, too, then. And what music and all that stuff, all that stuff with UFC. That's the stuff to think about. Yeah, that's cool. Damn, it's, I'm going to have to look that UFC up. UFC what? Uh, 222. I looked it up on uh, Tapology, and I think I was on the prelims, but... Oh, maybe you. See, I thought you were too. Five fights ha- on the, on the main, main card. card. Right. On the main card. I saw three fights on the main card. So either there's going to be two four, two more fights being announced, uh, or no, I'm going to be one of the you're guys. On the, Didn't I just you're read? on the main card. Caraway yeah. versus Yeah, I just read it. I just, oh, it I just read it, too. Uh, uh, it's... Uh, on the pay-per-view card? Yeah, main card. Holloway, Edgar, Dalloway, Lombard, Struve, Arlovsky, Yoder, Dern, Zingago, Vera, O'Malley, then you, then Johnson versus uh, Milstead. I'm looking at the fight card right now. Dude, I, I read yeah, I it like it's, I mean, it says that when you lock horns with veteran Brian Caraway at UFC 20, uh, 222 on March 3rd, live on pay-per-view. Yeah. I would assume. I don't yeah. want to. Maybe I'm misquoting it. Dude. That's I don't pretty cool. Main, yeah, you're under the main card. But I saw the same. 
You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, uh, for me, uh, I don't know. Like the whole like everyone was like, "Did you have like were you really nervous for your first UFC fight?" I was like, "Dude, I felt like I was just walking into the gym. Like it's all the same." Well, I don't no. Really let the. And that's the best you know way I mean? to think about and it. Co- and it's cool. I just feel like I don't. Like, you feel like you put it. You put that added because I see so many guys mentally fuck themselves out of a fight before they ever get into it. Like they literally like they're freaking out. Oh my god, it's on this, it's on that, it's on this. It's like, dude, it's just a fight. I've been in forty, almost forty of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's not that big of a yeah. deal. I just got done fighting some of the guys. I some guys that I really care about. Like I can, you know what I mean. I can go fight some guy in a cage. You know, I did it for free tonight. I can do it for money in Vegas, <laughs> right? I was just trying to picture you and Darren at an open media workout. Like what? The, what the music oh, is? What cool you guys shit. are wearing? What are you gonna wear? Yeah. Cool stuff. Well, we're gonna have to wear Reebok. I know. What we're no, wearing. I know, but you know, like uh, we'll do. I'll do some cool. Paige Van Zant does that dance off with her crowd. I'm not but I can do any stupid shit. Like right? Paige no, no, I, I know, but she's like doing the worm and stuff. I'm like, what the? What are you doing? This is <laughs> like not the like a YMCA cardio kickboxing class. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. I guess people get into it. I mean, uh, different people are into some weird shit. Page man, <laughs> the uh, I'm looking at the fight card and the you know the tail of the tape or whatever. Yeah, it's very interesting too. Uh, you're uh, you KO TKO. Uh, you're at thirty eight percent. He's at ten. Uh, submission. He's at seventy six percent. You're at thirteen. Decision. Uh, is that what DC means? Yeah, decision. D- okay. D- yeah. Uh, you're at fifty. He's at fourteen. Uh, he's two inches taller than you. Uh, he's got a four-inch reach uh, and four-inch leg reach as well. Significant strikes landed per minute. You're at five point thirty-three. He's at two point twenty-five. You're at forty-eight percent accuracy. He's at thirty-three, and you're at sixty-two percent defense. He's at fifty-seven. Yeah, and the the defense one that you just pointed on, uh, like. Cody's last fight, the the ability to adjust after a first round that yeah. uh takedown average, you're at six, he's at two. Uh you're at seventy percent takedown accuracy, he's at thirty-four. I'm gonna come in right now and say that I'm not even gonna shoot on this guy. I'm gonna literally beat his ass on his feet. Yeah. It's nice. And then I'm not gonna let him take me down. That's yeah. his thing. He likes taking guys down, taking their back. Yeah. And I just like everyone's like, oh, you know, he, Cody's a strong wrestler. I'm like, I don't even really wrestle that much. <laughs> it just happens in fights. You know what I mean? I just naturally I shoot because right. it's always there. Guys like run into me, and I'm like, oh well, I'm gonna <laughs> here shoot, you go, I'm shoot a double leg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I really look the my first fight. I looked for it just because I needed a little break. You know, every time I shot, it was like a, it was I needed a I needed to catch my breath because I was in terrible shape, but. uh I I don't really I don't ever want to be known as a wrestler. I want to be known as like a someone striker. that's dangerous yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean? Like if you're not careful, this kid like kick, take your head clean <laughs> off. And I feel like Caraway's the guy to do it on because everything I do well, it's gonna really really be a nuisance for him because he does some real stupid shit on his feet. <laughs> I love it, dude. Uh, the the best part about this fight too is not only is it a top ten fight, but um, I I think it's a good fit for you. It just it's you know your time. Yeah, it's, it's tough it's, to take people away from their time. It's good, yeah. You know, I'm on a I'm on a little bit of a uh, a tear. You know, I I feel like I'm coming to my own as far as like as being an athlete. And, uh, you know, I, obviously I would have liked to have been in the USC a lot sooner, but I don't think I was like mentally or physically ready for that, that challenge yet. And like, I guess it all kind of laid out exactly the way it was supposed to. Now I have, 
you know, 17 fights. I'm over the, I don't have any octagon jitters. There's no, you know what I mean? There's nothing that someone's going to do in me, to me in the cage that's going to surprise me. You know, so now I'm at a point where I can start taking these fights, but it, I wasn't ready for it a long time ago, but now I am. Now, Dana Waite, um, we, we talked about his press conference earlier from St. Louis, but he, he made a, a big point. Um, a lot of fighters are complaining about money fights. And he went on, I think it was about a five-minute talk about everybody wants to fight Connor, everybody wants a money fight, everybody wants to be on Connor's card if they can't fight. And he, he basically said if you're a fighter, you got to make your own money fight, like become interesting to a crowd. And although we're friends, I honestly do believe – I thought of you and a couple other fighters that do have that marketability that Dana White was talking about uh, to make those type of fights down the road. He was basically saying some of you fighters are boring as shit and and you, you're complaining about not getting money fights and stuff. But those people like Connor and, and Ronda, um, they they made themselves into that. And they were personalities, I, right? And I think you got that. I mean, you you, you bring like a, almost like the attitude era of WWE. I Seriously, I haven't huh. really uh, I haven't really shown it much because I really I mean in the first fight a little bit I uh, got to talk like a little bit of trash while I was fighting and stuff. But I really enjoy that. Like when I like taunting people when I'm fighting them, I like fucking with people. I do it to guys I've spar with all the time. I'll talk to them. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's not something that, like, I'm trying to make up. I'm not trying to be a character. I literally like, do it. Right. Yeah, it's just what I do. I, like, I talk to guys. Uh, uh, no, nah, you didn't hit me. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> you know, I call I call, I sit, call guys bitches all the time when I'm fighting. I really do. I mean, I really do. I just naturally do it. I didn't do it. I did it before anybody was watching, and I'm going to – I need to start doing it again, you know, now that I'm in the cage. And now that I'm on a, you know, bigger stage. And right. I feel like, that's going to be something, you know, and that – and then that you you put a microphone in a lot in front of a lot of the guys in the UFC, and they're like, "Yeah, well, half of them don't speak English, <laughs> so it's real hard to market a guy that you don't even know what the fuck he's saying." You know what I mean? When you know seventy percent of the UFC's audience speaks English, so if you have a guy that doesn't speak English, it's pretty hard to market him. And then it, either that, or they get in front of the microphone and just nothing. You know what I mean? There's just it's just. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna call out somebody that I shouldn't be calling out right, right. now. I'm gonna call out uh, the champion. Weird stuff. Kevin Lee's it. Kevin Lee's a good example. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Kevin Lee. Uh, you know he he was kind of flying under everyone's radar, and then he got a couple fights, and he went to Brazil, and he talked a bunch of shit to the Brazilians in Brazil, and then all of a sudden everybody knew him, and he got he he got on one one radio show, and kind of got on Tony Ferguson's ass for being biased. While he was trying to, uh, you know, kind of talk about his fight, Tony Ferguson was kind of putting him down. And he, like, told Tony Ferguson, what's up? Boom. Then he's fighting for a title. You know what I mean? It's just about you capitalizing when that opportunity comes your way. And I feel like this fight is a huge opportunity for me. And I just got to go out there and make a statement and, you know, maybe punch Brian Caraway at the Wayans or something. Like <laughs> no, 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 you can't do that. Save it, save it for fight day. Flick him. Yeah, just it. <laughs> Blow on them or something. No, 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 no. That's you, not assault. You can wear, blow on somebody. Wear, wear a hat and then yeah, turn the brim and then get in front of them. <laughs> I'm not touching you. I'm not I, touching you. I like that at weigh-ins where they have the hat brim and it's keeping the distance and they turn the brim around and then like they're right in the face. And the guy – that then that guy always shuts. Well, you know what that's from, right? Over the top? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so But I'm just top, saying man. that. I know, but because then the other guy yeah. always pushes because yeah. the guy that did the brim yeah. is like now there and he's yeah. like, wait, that's too close. And yeah. it's like boom. All right, do what's on tap, Jimmy, right. and then uh, we're gonna go to our guests. Congratulations, Cody, on the 
Thank yes, you. The announcements. All right. This, again, is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Speaking of which, I got I to gotta go get a beer. But okay. I'm going to bet Cody right now, if Cody wants to take the bet, there's a heavyweight fight going on in uh, Boston this weekend. I bet you you're going to butcher both their names. Uh, Cody's going to... Bo- I don't have one in Boston. Isn't that a heavyweight fight this week? No. Look it up. Is in it next week? Boston? Uh, wait, for UFC. For UFC. UFC? Oh, 220? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the one I think I know how to say, the other one I have no idea how to say. Okay. Okay. You want to take the bet? I bet he does. That he gets it right? That he gets it wrong. Oh, oh I, yeah. I, I was going to say he gets it I'm going to butcher it, You want to take the yeah. bet that he's going to get right? No, everybody knows I'm going to butcher it. All right, correct him. I got to go All right. grab a beer. Uh, January, starting with off with boxing, January 17th, Anthony Mundine versus Tommy Brown. 12 rounds for the super middleweights. January 20th at New York on Showtime, we have Errol Spence Jr. versus Lamont Peterson, 12 rounds for Spence's IBF welterweight title. We also have Robert Easter Jr. versus Javier Fortuna, 12 rounds for Easter's IBF lightweight title. Moving on to MMA, uh, January 20th, Bellator 192, Jackson versus Sonnen. At the Forum, Inglewood, California, United States, uh, January 20th, UFC 220. Uh, it's Miosic versus uh, Nagano. Is Nagano? Nagano. Nagano. Okay. That was yeah, close. He, he just Francis fought here. Nagano. Huh? He just fought here against Wolverine. Nin- Nagano. Yeah. Nagano. Okay. So I wasn't, I, I got it pretty much right. Mm-hmm. It's pretty close. It's pretty close. All right. Uh, that's at the TD Garden. Boston, Massachusetts, and I believe that is all for MMA. How do you say the guy is fighting? How do you say it? Who? Miocic? Stipe Miocic. Miocic? Miocic. Okay. Miocic. I know. I took Miocic. Who do you have in that one? I I know a lot of guys that train with Stipe. Um, He's an absolute dog in the gym. He's just a hardworking guy. Mm -hmm. So I always take him just because he's a Midwest guy. So I'd want to see him win. I'm also going to go Stipe just because he he's still a firefighter. And what a week ago fought a fire in Cleveland, Ohio. Still, he's still a firefighter. And so um, met him at the Arnold a while ago. But still, that he's a firefighter and still does this. Like I remember, yeah, him. Uh, the heavyweight champ. Uh, I think that's awesome. And then you know what the the punching power of his opponent. It's it's almost like too much. And the way Dana White's pushing it, it's just too much. But. There we go. Did he do well on the names? He is pretty close. Nice, Jimmy. Like, we would be arguing if we had bet money on it and be like, no, you got it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Was that the end of What's on Tap? Yeah, that was it. All right, there let's go to break lunch. and then come back to our uh, guest. Oh, God bless it. And then we'll, one song break and then we'll be back to our guest. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Wow. Now we are. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're back. Total, totally off subject, though. Do never, never grow your hair out enough that you need to braid it for a fight. No, ever what? because like then I could never I, do it again. I could never like never have long hair again. Just having short hair, I, I could, could never do it again. And I like liked having long hair. I thought it was cool as shit. But then you and gotta now that I train, yeah. But now that I train, 
I, with short hair, it's like, man, I just, I can't. I'm like obsessed with cutting it now. Oh, I remember. Yeah, your you hair was like again. shaggy my hair was, like Zac Efron. No, my hair was down almost down to my shoulders at one point. I was like, God, I saw a picture the other day of my hair literally touching my shoulder. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's call up our guest. Who is our guest? Jarrell Hodge. All right, let's do it. Through the magic of Skype. Brought to you by Fouling Down Beer Company New and League Terminator fights. Fight Series. New League Fights. Hello, is this Jarrell? Jarrell speaking. Hey, Jarrell, you're live on the undercard. How are you today? Hey, how's it going? Good. We are joined uh, by UFC fighter Cody Stamen, oh. Jimmy Pache, and uh, Rochelle Wittick's uh, working the board here. Uh, thanks for joining us. You got a big fight coming up for New League Fights in uh, Ohio? And uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, your career. All right. Well, you know, I've been doing this for five years, since 2011. Uh, made my amateur debut uh, in 2011, 12-1 as an amateur. Been doing this for a while, turned pro, 5-2 uh, and two right now. Lost my last one to a tough opponent down in uh, New Jersey. Uh, it, was a good, it was a good fight, but, you know, I mean, I need to bounce back from it, so I got another good fight coming up next, 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 next month. So I'm just trying to bounce back from that loss. Now, February 3rd, you're fighting a tough opponent. Uh, bouncing back off a loss, um, I mean, is this something that you're prepared to do as a fighter because you had such a good amateur career, or are you comfortable fighting off a loss? Uh, I mean, I, it's part of the game. It's part of the game. So I'm comfortable. It comes with the game. You lose some, you win some. Just all about how you bounce back after a loss. So I mean, I've been there before. It's nothing new. So yeah, I'm prepared. Now, um, how did how did you get involved with MMA? And uh, tell everybody in the Michigan and uh, United States area what your disciplines are, or how would you describe yourself as a fighter? Uh, I got involved with MMA. I started out wrestling. In uh, high school, then wanted I wanted to go to college to wrestle, but talking to the wrestling coach that was trying to get me to go there, they wanted me to drive down to one twenty five. <laughs> I looked at him like, "Yeah, I think I'm going for wrestling. I, I'm gonna hang it up." So I, I I stopped wrestling at the high school. Just went to a regular gym. All of a sudden, they start opening up a a boxing gym there. So I just gave it a try, and my coach was like, "Hey, you want to fight?" I'm like, "Why not?" So that ever since then, I. I'm sorry, baby. Ever since then, you know, he, uh, I've been fighting. All right. Uh, tell us about some of your influences and your team in the gym that you uh, work out of. Oh, man. Got a, I had a lot of good guys in my gym come and go. I mean, spar with a lot of good fighters like Devontae Smith, Josh Roller. Uh, my coach right now I have uh, John Cook, a real good guy, take care of his fighters. Anything we need, you know, he'll try to get it for us. Um my boy Brian Doogie on the same card making his pro debut. He's a, I think he was like seven and one as an amateur. So he he ended his amateur career pretty good. Won the title for an IT fight in the one twenty five division. So I mean I, I got a I got a group of good guys around me preparing me for this fight. My coach Chris Lozano, uh, striking coach, pretty good. Doing real good things with us and putting us through a lot of a lot of hard drills and stuff, getting us ready for our next couple of fights. Now, how old are you for our listening audience so people get an idea of where you're at in your career? Uh, 28. 28 would be 29 this year. 
All right. Uh, did you feel like it's gotten easier as you as you grow older? Uh, as you said, you've been doing this for five years, mid twenties. A little bit of immaturity is in every one of us. I mean, do you feel like it's getting easier? The game's slowing down. Um, no, no, the game ain't gonna ever slow down. The game is it, it's a fast paced game, especially in the weight class division. I'm in one thirty fivers, one forty fivers, and you know, all the number of speed and quickness. Um, I just in my head, you know, I'm, I'm just slowing stuff down. I'm not. Like in my, I'm beginning. I remember in my beginning days, I was just want to tear somebody's head off, just going in and just go crazy. Nowadays, you know, I just try to slow my pace down, pick my punches, and don't don't go in there too aggressive. So, that's that's actually uh, it's actually really smart. You know, I think uh, a lot of guys start out start out like that. You know, you uh, you go out, you're like an uncaged animal, and you get in the cage, and then you know as you uh, as you progress, you get smarter. Um, you realize like what positions you're good at. Sounds like you're, you're figuring that out. Uh, I'm about the exact same age as you, so uh, and I fight at just about the same weight class. So I'm uh, yeah. pretty I'm pretty familiar with with what you're uh, with what you're talking about. Um, do you ever uh, do you ever consider coming up to Michigan and fighting fighting up here? We have uh, we have like shit. I think like four or five promotions now. Uh, okay. And honestly, there's not. I mean, outside of a lot of guys I train with, there's really not a lot of like tough competition. That's right. KOP out in the west side of the state. Have you heard of uh, KOP? KOP, no, I haven't heard of. Them. Great attendance out in uh, the Grand Rapids area. Uh, some of the other ones he's talking about on the east side of the state. But Cody brings up a good point. Have you thought of coming up here? Uh, I mean, I'm down to fight anywhere. Like my last one in New Jersey. It's all about. I mean, it's all Jersey. about Jersey. Where I'm gonna get like if it's gonna give me notice, a good, good fight promotion, if they pay a decent amount. Cause a lot of people don't like traveling from out of town because they don't want to pay them because they don't sell tickets. Yeah. I got a nice fan base up in Ohio, so like whenever I fight in Ohio, I get decent amount on my ticket percentage and all that, and a nice decent pay. I mean, like like I said, I'm down to fight anywhere. I got a I can get a fight that's paying decent. So Michigan, Michigan, even the money, I'm down to travel. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's good that you have a local fan base. Honestly, if I didn't have a local fan base, I'm not sure I would have, I would have been in the UFC because you know, obviously, being a fighter is really, really hard. You need to make money, and if without those, you know, local ticket sales, man, it would have been tough. Plus, you know, it's never, it's never a good idea. You know, when you're coming up, you kind of got to protect your record a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's never a good idea to freaking, you know, go to some guy's hometown and have a close fight and you know end up losing a close decision. So. Obviously, fighting at home is always the is always the best bet, you know. And as far as like notoriety goes, if I could tell you uh-huh. one thing, you know, the biggest thing is that you have a good manager and that you're out there winning fights and you're consistent. You know what I mean? Just be win like win fights and don't take a year layoff because uh, you know that's what the UFC really wants to see. They want to see guys that are, you know, fighting a lot, you know, willing to fight uh, all the time. They don't want to see guys taking two and three year layoffs because you know that. Like to, for them to employ somebody that that's going to take a year off of fighting for no damn reason, you know they don't they don't want guys like that. They want guys that are consistent, that want to fight, and uh, they want guys that win and that are exciting. So if I give you any any uh, piece of advice, I tell you uh, get a good manager and you know stay in the gym and uh, you know keep building that record. Well, thanks, Cody. Yeah, I, I'm right now. I'm signed with a Sucker Punch Entertainment. You know they pretty good management. Got a couple of good guys in the UFC. Yeah, they, they, they got a lot of guys in the UFC. Yeah, I got a couple of, yeah, a lot of guys in the UFC. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I got a good surrounded team around me. Uh, 
we got two fights lined up after uh, we got another fight lined up after this one February, but right now I just got worried about the one on February to get this win and then concentrate on another one in March. So we keep the fights coming. This is we're trying to get this year on a nice start, so it's looking pretty good. Good man. Best of luck to you. Now Jarrell Yeah, thank you. Now, Jarrell, you're fi- uh, we're, uh, really quickly, we're joined by Jarrell Hodge. He's fighting uh, February 3rd down in Ohio for New Fight League. And uh, he's 5-2. and two. New um, League Fights. New League Fights, sorry. Man, I'm going fi- that down. New Fight League? I mean, it sounds... New League Fights. There we go. I'm, 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 I'm going to write it down. There we go. We're, we're not going to figure it out the rest of the night. Um, Cody gave you some really good advice. I, I know, I've known Cody for a while. I know what... what drove him what what drives you to 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 be a fighter uh is it you know was it fitness and or, or is it to be the best what, what what drives you as a fighter because I, to me that's just as important as the training you got to know the why yeah um i mean my my biggest reason is i mean like i want a better lifestyle for me and my two my two boys and my girl um congratulations I mean, on the family thank thank you yeah uh, my girl got a career right now. Oh, she don't have a career. She's going to school right now for finance and accounting. So I was like trying to support her to her goal, her dreams and goals. And then also trying to do my own. Like right now, as soon as I get on the phone with you guys, I'm going to the gym to go run and do a little bit of cardio workout. But like we both got dreams. And I mean, this is one of my dreams. And they drive me looking at them every day ever since uh, I first started. You know, my, my oldest one is six. So he was around when I. He was in her mom, his mom's stomach when I first started. So they—they they my biggest goals right now. Well, you—you you talked family, and so I don't think I've asked a fighter this in two years. So here you go. Uh, you ready for this? I'm ready. Two All right. Years. So the old wise tale in boxing, as I was coming up in boxing, was that you don't have sex before a fight. So does does your girlfriend get any time, or do you save uh, that no, pet no. up in it? Uh, your pent up energy for f- February third. Oh. oh yeah, she 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 waited a whole week. No a whole effort. week? No, like a whole <laughs> I mean, week. I I had this question. This was the thing in football in high school. No no action before the night of the game. It's like no action for the whole week. I know people that don't do it the whole camp. You're just so a week out, you cut it off. Oh, a week out, cut it off. Yeah, uh, no, no. I, I, a week is long enough for me. Definitely long enough for her because in the middle of that week, she'd be trying to kill me. Like, she wouldn't fight me. I'm like, baby, save the fight. I got a fight coming up this week. Don't fight me now. So, yeah, it's a week. That's the most I can get. If I push it two weeks, I'll probably be uh, I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> All right, I had to ask. You know, I've not, I don't think I've asked a fighter that in two years. Jimmy, about two years, right? Probably about, about two years. What? Ask them what if uh, they have fight. Listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You asked, I am. You asked the boxers when they were here. Yo, yeah, okay, I did ask the boxers when they were here. So, so it's been about two months. Two months. Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, about the sex thing. Yeah, yeah. Fire? No, you ask that like every, like almost every interview. That's your favorite question. <laughs> it really kind of <laughs> is. It really kind of is. I haven't asked anyone in two years. <laughs> Last week, yeah, <you> <laughs> two, two months. Oh. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> Apparently, I ask it all the time. So. He, has, he has memory issues. Exactly. Well, well. After running tonight, you know, you got to take care of your woman because you cut her off at the week mark, which is probably what a week away. You're probably two weeks away from the fight. I like um, two. Two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you <laughs> what do you walk at if you're if you're fighting at one thirty five? What what do you walk at? 
Uh, I usually walk around like 150, 150, 148. The highest I've ever been, I mean, I've never been over 160. So the highest I walk around is like 148, 150. What do you rehydrate back to on uh, fight night? Uh, man, in Ohio is different rules, you know, like uh, in Ohio, you you only allow eight pounds after your weigh-in. So like in the first day you weigh in, whatever you weigh in at, you get an eight pound the next day. So you have to weigh in again the next day. You can't be over eight pounds. Like so, fight matter of fact, for my, my for my last my second from last fight, uh, I had a title fight for IT fights, and I weighed in at one thirty five. The next day, I was a uh, I was a pound over my eight pound allowance. So I had to go outside and run to lose the extra pound. All right, and uh, I I have utmost confidence you're going to take care of uh, everything. Come on February third. Looking ahead, where where is your next fight after that? I, I don't want you to look past your opponent, but I I, I kind of feel um, like you're giving your opponent his first loss here. Uh, where, where are you going from there? My next fight after that will be in Erie, PA, and it'll be a probably a title defense. So so you like fighting Big Ten country, like every everywhere there's a Big Ten school you fight. Oh, really? See, I didn't even notice that. Hey, right. Big Ten. Well, Pennsylvania, yeah, I mean, Ohio. I, I, I like big. I like big fights. I, I like big fights. I, I mean, I try not to run up. I don't like trying to find, you know, give me fights. I like to challenge myself. So, I mean, this is a good challenge right here. And the next one after that should be a good challenge, too. No, Cody did bring up a good point. Um, I, I think you could come up here and do some damage against some Michigan people. And, uh, you know, if you're ever interested, Rochelle contacted you for the interview get a hold of her cody's got great connections with matt over at kop if you're ever interested in coming up here and uh uh testing the waters and and doing some damage we'd love to have you out here i'd love to be out there anything anything for the fight man so hey you offer me a fight sounds good we'll we'll fly out there and come fly out there i think you got to drive out there you guys got an airport out no i know you do All right. Well, yeah, you're you're probably gonna have to drive out there, but yeah, yeah, definitely come up here. Uh, where can people find you, Jarrell, on uh, Instagram and follow your career, or where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Takeoff Rail Two Five. You can find me on Instagram, Takeoff Rail Two Five. Uh, Facebook, just look up Rail Hodge. That's pretty much it. All right. We wish you the best of luck, February third. Uh, uh, congratulations on uh, so far your career and uh, having a good family and go from there alright man y'all hit me up uh, whenever y'all want me out there in Michigan uh, I'm going to get Cody well Cody's got a fight at UFC and then we're going to bug you every day after his fight with UFC <laughs> March 4th we're calling you <laughs> actually right, actually, Cody well, works me. out with uh, have you heard of Michigan Top Team you should actually come up and train with them for a little bit talk to Cody uh, uh, after his fight at UFC and make that happen all right, yeah, most definitely, Cody, man. We should link up. Yeah, I would sure. definitely love to come Oh, up yeah, he can hear you with your head down there. For sure, for sure. Yeah, sorry, I signed my shoe. All right, I'll talk to you later. Take, take care. Right, take care, good, good luck. So, uh, break, breaking news. Ronda uh, No, no, no. With, uh, breaking WWE. news. Apparently, while we've been sitting in here. Tell a, me something exploded. A meteor uh, exploded. Uh, it was seen and heard. It was seen and heard uh, all the way from uh, Ontario to Lansing, all the way down to Toledo. A huge meteor broke through the 
uh, the atmosphere and created a loud boom that was seen and heard from Lansing down to Toledo and in parts of Southwest Ontario. Sydney thought, so my girlfriend's right down the road and she just texted me and she was like, did you hear that? Yeah. And I said, what? And she goes, did you hear that boom? It, and she goes, like, yeah. I think our neighbors just shot a gun. <laughs> yeah, no. In our backyard. Yeah, and no. I was like, no, they didn't. No, and and, and and it started with I was looking through Facebook, and people that I know like all over the place were like, what was that explosion? What was that light? What was this? What was that? And the weather uh, whatever finally released a video saying that it was a meteor that exploded when it hit the atmosphere, and everybody could hear it, feel it, and see it. But because we were inside here, we didn't see, hear, or feel shit. That's a bunch yeah, of bullshit because I can hear the other four shows going on yeah. through my fucking earphones. Yeah. We didn't get to fucking hear it. Yeah. It's all the sound dampening equipment in here. Fuck yeah, that, exactly. So, yeah. All of other four shows. And I didn't yeah. Know that. But, yeah, uh, people in Lansing, down to Toledo, uh, all the way uh, in Ontario. Yeah. It That's- was. Everybody and it was loud apparently too because like everybody saw it and felt it and heard it. She said our house shook. Yeah, house shook. Bright flash light. Some people said it looked white. Some people said it looked a little greenish. It just kind of depended on where you were, I guess. Where's NASA? Why aren't they telling us that this is going to happen? Well, actually, hold on. So that was going to be my next step. Is I'm going to look up point because there's been there's been some asteroids that have come dangerously close to hitting us, and they find it too late. Three minutes ago, Detroit Free Press. Did anybody hear? Yeah. Or see a meteor or a giant bang or explosion in the metro Please Detroit area. Please contact us. Because I told we have City no that it was probably aliens, and I think I'm right. <laughs> That's what some people are like, yep, the aliens have landed. Yep, they're here. They're here. I'm going Weren't home. Weren't you just talking about freaking aliens being here or something the other oh, day? No, 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 no. They're definitely here. No, 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 no. No, you they're already here. Just Cody talking knows. about it. If you, we're, I don't ever want to get into this conspiracy shit on air. Because <laughs> there's going to be. You got to now. There's going to be people at my house. Mm-mm. The men, in black, the men in black are going to be hitting me with that, yeah, with no. that light. <laughs> no. No, I was going to say, no, NASA's got nothing on a meteor. So Cody believes yeah. in aliens. We just found I that. believe in aliens. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? How could, God, how could out you Out of the, 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 Logically, the, the, the countless, countless stars that are out there. Trillions. I, beyond trillions. We're talking like quadrillion stars that are out there. There has to to think that there is nothing else out there is insanity. There are aliens now, whether or not they visited us, oh, whether sure or not, have. whether or not, what I'm saying is whether or not they visited us, whether or not they have uh, spacefaring technology faster than light travel where they could visit us. That's a whole different argument. But the fact remains that there is no way aliens. But when I say aliens, I mean people who are not born on Earth could exist. They have to exist. There has to be something else out there. Well, there's three theories if you believe that they visit us. And I want to see what Cody thinks and you think on this. Well, hell, we just saw it. Which one? The one in California. Yeah, that one. So really quickly, the the two theory or the three theories is one, they come observe us and we're like a zoo to them. Like they kind of just watch from a distance and that's why we see UFOs too. They are in contact with governments, but no governments relay that they we contact them. Or three, they actually built our society and come back and visit. Which one do you think it is? Uh, 
So there's a lot of evidence to support either one, like any of those claims. Um, I don't, I mean, you see like ancient texts and like there's like some kind of like super being, a godlike person that, you know, did all these things and built all these things. The pyramids, there's so many things that point, you know, like all these ancient uh, paintings on rocks, like all these things that point to like some kind of like supreme being or a flying something. And everything is a little bit different. And it's really hard for my simple mind to like wrap my head around this whole concept that the world's been around for millions and millions and millions of years. So uh, I definitely think that you know, we've definitely been visited and our society has been influenced by uh, or could be controlled by, you know, someone that's not necessarily born on Earth. Or maybe they were born on Earth, but originally they weren't born on Earth. Well, see, I think the whole thing with the ancient technologies and whatever actually has nothing to do with aliens. But the fact that we lost so so much information. We're we are now just getting to the points where we have learned that some of our ancient ancestors like learned the like figured out these things a millennia ago, but because of wars, because of the destruction of like the Library of Alexandria, that had so much information in it that we are just now relearning. And I think that humans uh, were evolved like we think of like a millennia ago when you know humans were around. Um, sorry, uh, we think of like humans when they were a millennia ago that they were dumb, they weren't dumb, they were just as intelligent as us. They had figured out so many things, but all that technology, all that information gotten destroyed. I don't think that aliens from like another civilization has visited us. I think what we consider alien, this is something completely different, but I think what we consider aliens uh, are actually ourselves, humans, from the far distant future who have actually traveled back in time to figure out what went wrong and to see if maybe they can alter it so whatever happened in the future might not happen now. So they're they're doing little little things to try to either help the human race along or alter the course of history so that whatever cataclysmic thing happened doesn't happen again. So do Here. you guys ever see the the, on, uh, the picture from Mike uh, Mike Tyson fight? Yeah. Which one? The picture of, of the guy uh, with the camera phone? Yeah. With the iPhone? Yeah. Have you seen that? I have seen that. That is so terrifying. I don't think so. It's it's photoshopped. They have like they, they, there was someone that had like a, a a print of that fight, and the guy standing there with the camera phone, and it was dated like whatever nineteen whatever eighty or ninety, and yeah. like the original print of that, like this is like, and they died, like found out that like this is like the actual photo that they took. Well, you also have to remember that there and like are, no one like they they wouldn't you wouldn't know that that's a camera phone because right. You didn't well, know what the hell a camera phone was. You also have to remember that the government is about 30 years ahead of what is in civilian technology. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a guy that just had – that the government was developing a camera phone. They and just had it. And just had it. It and, was sitting pretty close. And 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 forgot to, hey, maybe I shouldn't use this. Shouldn't I? Somebody, maybe I shouldn't may, Maybe somebody will get a picture of me using this. Isn't now, it? that's terrifying to even think too. I, I go back to Ben Rich. Do you know who Ben Rich is? He uh, Lockheed Martin skunk works with uh, the F-117s 
and uh, d- did all the stealth stuff besides the B2, yeah, yeah. which yeah, was yeah. done by uh, – I think Boeing did B2. Right. Um, so I read a book by Pinrich about the skunk work projects and if the you what? Read, uh, skunk work, which was all the stealth projects. Oh, out in OK. Nevada, yeah, yeah. That. And Area I remember, 51, all I that remember shit. reading yeah. it in my mom's uh, house in her living room and you flip to a page where he says that literally this is his autobiography, what happened in skunk works. He's like extraterrestrials are real. But that's a story for another day. Right. And he's writing about everything he's ever done. And then if you look up Ben Rich and UFOs, all the proof is there. But as you were saying, so Cody said that there was like a camera phone yeah, yeah. back in the day. Uh, this is actually a direct quote from Ben uh, Rich, which actually goes by um, exactly what uh, Cody was saying. He once said, anything you can imagine, we already know how to do. That was yeah. back when they were doing the F-117s yeah. and uh, the yeah. ability to – I believe there's aliens just because all of a sudden our technology got way far well, advanced more than other people around Roswell. Right. Well, but that's that's just it is the aliens – and it kind of feeds into what I said too. The aliens are us from the future. So it's going to be future tech. You know what I'm saying? Our technology jumped leaps and bounds because – we found that future tech, and then you get into the 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 time travel paradox of if they never tra- traveled back in time, then did, would we have ever gotten that tech? And did that tech specifically lead to the technology that they used? So I I, I prescribe to the theory that any time that someone travels faster than light, breaks the light barrier. And go somewhere. You're actually traveling back in time. As you, yeah. when you travel faster than the speed of light, you're actually traveling back in time. Because for, for instance, let's say that we go to Alpha Centauri, which is our nearest star, right? Which is three point something light years away, right? And it takes us one year to travel there. We have now actually just traveled back two years in time. Right. Because it takes light, you know, saying we're traveling back in time as we as we perceive time. We're traveling back in time. So if you have a, uh, a if you have a ship that is capable of traveling faster than the speed of light to a certain extent, then you're actually traveling back in time as you travel from one place to another. So our Future generations have figured out how to create a ship that travels faster than the speed of light, has traveled back in time, and is altering the past for whatever reason. But that technology that we are using uh, uh, is from the future, and it's actually creating split timelines. Because once you go back in time, it's no longer the same same timeline that it was originally. So you're now, you've actually made a parallel timeline. They run concurrent and they're just not the same. That's why when you travel back and forth in time, you're never actually traveling back and forth to the same plane of existence. You're just slightly off. Humans vibrate at a certain frequency and they've actually done this with like electrons where they've actually uh, uh, using like the, the, um, the great hi- or the, the hydron collider and stuff like that. They've actually been able to take electrons and travel them either a microsecond of past or into the future. Actually travel them through time by like a microsecond, which isn't a whole lot of time, but it's still time travel. It proves it's, it can, it, it, it proves that it can be done. And when they did that, they found that those electrons cease to exist. 
in our timeline for that microsecond because they were vibrating on a different frequency until they came to the time where they were supposed to be, either in the front or in the past. So it's the same thing. When you travel in time and you break that barrier, you're actually creating an alternate timeline. Uh, it's not the same one that you left. So our technology, if we're going to go with the whole aliens thing, for, for me, is actually us in the future traveling back in time to try to, okay, our timeline is messed up, but maybe we can make this timeline a little bit better by you know giving them the technology like earlier or – like we 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 um we control the way that the technology you know instead of it just being one big giant boom we slowly leak it out to them so that everybody doesn't destroy everything else you know like all at the same time you know what I'm saying? I just thought of your victory party though after March third. Are, are you a huge fan of like fighter planes and stuff like that? Uh, not really. No, I mean I would enjoy to like be in one at, at one point, but. Uh, have you ever been to Wright Patterson's uh, Air Force Base? Oh yeah, the Air Force Museum. Yeah, or no. Oh yeah, we should take Cody down there. We should actually round up all our families and go down there. That thing's fascinating. There's a B two bomber in there. There's an F one seventeen. Yeah, the history cool of aviation. You cannot look at that B two bomber and not think there's some <laughs> alien technology there. Our, I'm sorry, our our previous co-host Marvin Anderson just posted on Facebook. It's happening. Hashtag when the aliens come. Hashtag Michigan Meteor. <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed we didn't hear it. I can't believe I, know. I can hear everything so, in here. Here's a here's yeah, another since videos we're, on since we're on this topic. Yeah, last let's night do it. I yeah. got on this kick about the Matrix. Did you fall down the rabbit hole? Uh, pretty much. Uh, it happens. Uh, I got on this kick about the Matrix and, and uh, uh, which aspect of it? Mu- Musk was explaining it. Um, uh, he was he was basically saying that like you know right now we are our borderline, um, you know, kind of like people are seeing that the matrix could be possible because of all the virtual reality stuff and how we can basically plug into our minds and everything seems so real. You, I mean, people play video games that are so realistic that, you know what I mean? He's like, and it's only going to get worse and pretty soon it's going to be hard to tell, you know, what's, what's real and, and what's, what's not, what's not. He goes, how do we know this hasn't already happened? Are you talking about a hundred years that, in the past? I you know, say, how do we know that this hasn't already happened? Or are you talking about the uh, uh, um, uh, like Stephen Hawking's and Neil deGrasse Tyson that the universe is actually just a computer simulation? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's what they're saying. Same, same concept that the universe is ones, actually ones just a computer O's. simulation. Ones and O's. It's ones and O's. It said there is a creator, but it's not. And what we and, think. and well, exactly. Uh, the universe is just a computer simulation, and. Anytime there is a glitch in the computer simulation, it will find a way to correct itself. But also when something that just you cannot possibly fathom that something like that could happen is a bug in the system that has created this paradox, basically, is is what they're saying. Like the rise of Nazi Germany was actually a bug in the system that it never should have actually happened, but there was a bug and they didn't debug it in time. That, but so what they did was they created because of uh, the real question is who are they? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the the right. their architect, the architect. If we're going the Matrix, it's the architect. Right, right. It's a computer. Or here's the thing: a computer simulation that was started. 
billions of years ago could, in theory, if it was an AI, correct itself. And evolve. And evolve. Right. Exactly. And damn it, like Cody's got high cheekbones, good looking face and like six pack. And then like, well, look what the shit we, the creators gave us, Jimmy. Bunch of shit, dude. I'm no, the, young still. I'm getting uglier by the day. Well, no, no, no. The the creator, <laughs> the, the creator, the creators didn't give this to me. Freaking Doritos and Mountain Dew gave this to me. Yeah. Then that's not the full <laughs> Matrix theory, then, isn't it? Like, I mean, no, because no... you still have free will. Uh, You're still a computer program that has free will to to make your own choices. It's just the universe as a whole is a computer simulation. It's a very, a- very, very advanced. But think about it this way, okay? Um, we'll we'll go to like down to the most basic kind of com- computer simulation, The Sims, right? So you go on there, you do some stuff, and then you leave, right? Now, to you, you have only been gone an hour, right? But if if you are that computer simulation. And you're still running. You're still running the comp- the the simulation. Still running. It's running. You know, in a small little pocket or whatever. But the perception of time to that computer avatar, what's one hour to you could be a thousand years to them. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying the creator gave him the Blu-ray body, and then we got like no. The he worked bit. on that Blu-ray body. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It wasn't your creator. He worked hard for that. <laughs> He did. You yeah, work hard I've, for that body. I've seen guys that are like six foot six and just like wake up and just yoked. His well, I'm not done. saying. Go, I'm not creator. saying that. I'm not saying it's everybody, but I'm saying if we're comparing us, you worked very hard for that body. You know, true. and I can lose it just as fast. Exactly. It, you know, I I had a you know, I mean, not to the point of Cody, but I had a decent physique. You know. Uh, when I was doing MMA, I had a decent physique when I was in the military. I let it go. I got lazy. I got, you know, I started eating horribly. It's my own damn fault. So it has nothing to do. to do with. It's so easy. To it, do. It's so. It's that... a struggle to eat healthy. It is. It's that. It really the, is. The biggest thing with fitness, and nobody understands this, it's not lifting the weights. Mm-hmm. It's not doing the exercises. It's eating the correct kind of food. That is the make or break for true, like you want to get, it is the hardest thing about staying in shape is not the exercising, it's the eating right. Because it's so easy not to eat right. And it's so much work to actually eat. Because you got to think and plan and you, you, and if you slip up, I mean, you could ruin, you could have a six pack. And you eat one cheeseburger because you just you really crave a cheeseburger. Now you have a five pack. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then you sit downhill. It's a downhill. Yeah, it's, it's a, a very downhill. All yeah. right, we got to wrap up this show. Congratulations, UFC 222. Uh, our good friend Cody Stamen right. is going to be fighting on it. No, he's he, he, he he's Blu-ray. Uh, that that should be your nickname, Blu-ray Cody, man. He's Blu-ray Cody. I was kidding. Perfect definition. I'm I'm eight bit Atari over here. I'm like uh, I'm like Commodore sixty four. <laughs> nah, no, you're you're better than that. You're Super Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, Super Nintendo. We'll be back yeah, next there you week. Go. Um, I hope I can sleep tonight after talking about all this shit. <laughs> 
You're going to be worried about the men in black. Dude, I believe no, in the men in fine. black. I do believe in the men oh, in black. Oh, they exist. Oh, they exist, too. Oh, God. they exist. We'll be back in a couple, uh, actually, next week. I don't even want to know. I wish I didn't know the things I know. I want to unlearn <laughs> oh, this stuff. Cody knows more. Join the military sometime. No, I died. The thing is, like, I like all the government conspiracy, like, people started bringing this stuff to me, and so I did a little research on my own, and I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I didn't know any of this, like... <laughs> I don't want to be on this page. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know any of this. <laughs> and it's easy to fall down the rabbit it hole. It is. It's so easy. You start researching stuff. And, All right. We'll see you next week. Uh, thanks from Cody, <laughs> Jimmy, Rochelle, and me. We'll see you next week. Bye thanks bye. for listening to Undercard. Bye-bye. Slither while they pass, they slip away across the universe.